Episode 60, The Jaws of Life. Join us at the table where we talk board games to miniatures and everything in between. The games we play with Brian and Chris. And Emily. Hello and welcome back to The Games We Play, a podcast about board games, miniatures, tabletop, and RPGs. Well, sometimes. But always about the games we play. I'm your host, Brian, and with me this week, my co-host is my wife, Emily. I'm Emily. Hey, and thanks for joining us this week. This is episode 60. We're going to be talking about the, well, games we play like we always do. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, maybe a few other topics. I think Emily has uh, something she wanted to talk about, Um, and then we'll just go from there like usual. If you're just joining us, uh, this is... uh, during quarantine 2020 so we <laughs> it continues <laughs> yeah so uh we, we're just kind of in a in a hold pattern with our episode format usually we're a little more structured small segments but we just kind of well wing it just because of circumstances <laughs> but uh i hope you enjoy the episode learn some things and uh join us for board games uh so at top of the episode here we are going to talk about our gaming goals a little check-in for the year so emily how is your gaming goals going for the year i was going to say i think that could be the motto for the year we just wing it <laughs> <laughs> kind of have to do what you got to do yeah yeah my gaming goals are going great i've played 143 games and 60 of which were unique. Very good. So I kind of jumped up this time. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's been a couple weeks. i uh, played several games, quite a few games, actually. I have 57 games to go to reach my goal. Wow. Yeah. Very, very nice. I'm at 187 games. Ooh, getting there. And um, 69 of those are unique. Wow. Good job. I've also played games in seven locations. Fun fact. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I'm sure this is uh, riveting stuff for everybody. What was your location goal? I, um, I, I guess I never thought about it. Where did you see that, actually? It says it. Oh, does it really? In the statistics. That's exciting. <laughs> statistics. I've played 143 games with 20 players... 60 of which are unique in seven locations. Okay. Uh, For the last 365 days, I've played uh, 239 games, uh, 42 different people, 90 unique games at 11 locations, and 89 of those games are new games. Oh, wow. So 89 of the 90. So... I don't, when did we start track? How is that even possible? How? I think we started this fall, didn't we? Right. So how do I have 80 new, nine new games and 90 unique games? So one of those, okay, doesn't matter. This is super exciting for everybody. (laughs) Um, No, but interestingly enough, my most played game right now is The Crew with 22 plays. Oh, because you've played it with Corey and with me? Yeah. And we played, uh, yeah, I played with Corey. I played with you and I played with um, Adam and Justin and and, uh, Chris and yeah. Actually, it's the most that I've played as well. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Werewords is actually my most played oh. at 25. Oh, mine's 18 times I've played the crew. My second one is twice as clever, ah, which is not a shock to anyone. No, I I, <laughs> I have Clink at 11. So when oh. we played the Clink Legacy, 
No spoilers that there's 11 scenarios. Oh, yeah. I also have Clank as 11. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> anyway, this is super exciting okay. for everybody. Talking about Now that we've digested all of our... <laughs> no, but it's really fun. If you're into playing uh, hobby board games or playing board games, I... You know, I always thought it was kind of silly, the log plays, uh, but this BG stats, while it's, I don't know, like three bucks, four bucks, um, and then I think we paid an extra four dollars for the challenges. Um, I don't know. It, it's been actually kind of fun. Um, it's a nice way to organize just what we play for mm-hmm. the podcast, uh, but but even just seeing how you're doing the hobby, I don't know. It's, it's kind of fun. I, I, I like tracking stuff like that. Yeah, and you can you can even look into statistics for specific games, being like, well, twenty two percent of the time, red player won or something I'm like that. Get out graphs and charts. And that sounds like a Corey thing stuff. to do. Will forty two point seven percent of the time, uh, I won with forty three point seven two points. So that's where you want to get to. <laughs> When I roll the dice, <laughs> <laughs> I get uh, a one, one six of the time. I can totally see you doing that. I actually get it two six of the time. It's or like one baseball. Third. Yeah, no kidding. It's like baseball <laughs> statistics. <laughs> no, but it's actually really fun just to look back and reminisce and kind of see the games. It, it yeah. does add up and just to see, you know, the hobby and reminisce about the games you've played and just kind of look at, over to it. So. Um, anyway, I highly suggest it. If I don't know if Apple does this, but with Android, you can, on the Play Store, make a family account where you can add somebody else, or I don't know how many people, up to four maybe, um, into your family, I don't know what they call it, but any purchases you make on the app um, is available for everybody else in your family. So we just had to buy the app once, Emily's on the family, and so she she's available to download, so she doesn't have to pay a second time. Um, now, I think for the challenges we had to buy it twice i don't think there was a way to share it across but not a big deal uh we use it so often it was well worth the money that the developers put in so um is what it is but i highly suggest check it out we really like it all right so emily let's move on and talk about the games we played so what's been on our table so what's been on your table this week emily well i tried wear words for the first time we got together with my family and my sister was in town and so we played some games and the first one we tried out was Wear Words. I think we ended up playing it four times. Yeah, I think we did. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I liked it. You Well, it's kind of a party game. It is a party style game. Social, social deduction. deduction. Yep. Okay. Hidden roles. Yeah. Everyone gets cards to tell them who they are and it's app driven. So the app tells you what to do, which is kind of nice because then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, you don't have to have like a DM and or something like that. Somebody, whoever ends up being the mayor, gets the mayor card, follows the app, looks and finds a word, and then and then they start asking questions, yes or no questions. And the mayor has to tell them whether or not they're right. And eventually they have to end up getting guessing the word. So it's like a I guess the best way I would describe it is like twenty questions, but it's yeah. more like forty questions. You have all the tokens, you can't talk. Uh, there's some clues like really close or really far off, mm-hmm. and uh, the villagers, the people on their team, are trying to guess it. And this is uh, based off of Emily. I don't know if you've ever played Werewolf, the classic Werewolf. Uh, the idea is you play over multiple nights. You do have to have somebody run it that knows what's going on. There's different roles like the seer, like the mayor, like the werewolves or whatnot. And every night 
the werewolves are trying to take out villagers. The villagers oh. are trying to kill and hunt down werewolves. And so it's kind of a similar thing, but there's not words, right? You're just uh, role-playing a little bit, and then you're trying to vote people out to kill them, and you find out if they're the werewolf or not. That's what the villagers are trying to do. Okay. And then obviously other the villagers have special powers and hints, uh, but there's somebody running it, and it's run over multiple, like, quote-unquote, knights. And then there's the one night Ultimate Werewolf, which I don't think you've played either, right? I haven't played either of those. It's just like the app like this. Uh, obviously, you're not having words, but there's different roles uh, as well, and it's app-driven. It kind of tells you when to open your eyes and close your eyes and all that kind of stuff. And you only do it in one night. You have, like, four minutes or five minutes to try to kill a werewolf. Um, so they kind of took that same formula, the one night Ultimate Werewolf, but turned it into a word finding game 20 questions well it's not really 20 questions but you get right. my point i like that part yeah Add it's it in. it's fun it's fun um we played at seven players and uh it was okay um not my favorite player count i would say i've played this more with nine and ten player counts which is maximum and i find that way more enjoyable but that's just me wasn't it six people oh yeah we had six yeah yeah, I like the higher counts because you get more okay. werewolves in and it's just a little more yeah. chaotic. And the more you play with the same people, the harder you can start cranking out the words. And then patterns start to formulize where people people always ask the same questions. So then based off that, you can select certain words. And then especially if you get the mayor be a werewolf too, they might try to make it super, super hard. I don't know. It's fun. I really like the game. Uh, very available. Really easy. I mean, what? A round is four or five minutes? Yeah. I really liked it. I like guessing words like that. One of my favorite games growing up was Taboo. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of similar. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're giving out hints and clues and mm-hmm. um, any one of any of those word games, like even Word Slam is a lot of fun. Kind of the same vein where you're trying to get people to guess it, but mm-hmm. you're giving clues, giving cards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Word games are a lot of fun. I really mm-hmm. enjoy them. Not necessarily my favorite type of game. I'm not going to go seek it out, but you, you have a party or you have a bunch of people over it's a it's a great opportunity yeah. to those out. on my table is um i'll go with uh gloomhaven jaws of the lion um did play some of the games with you and your family and then i played some on tabletop simulator but um this is a game i haven't talked about yet because it just just came out this last week i think i don't know I don't, the first time i heard about it was yesterday so yeah it just came out in the last week i, I believe and uh, so Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion is is basically a slimmed down version of Gloomhaven. So I, um, if you've listened to this podcast, you've probably heard us talk about Gloomhaven. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, but you've ever been on Board Game Geek or listened to other podcasts about board games, you've most likely heard about Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven's been out for a few years and it's, I believe, still the number one rated game on, on BGG.com. So it's been there for quite a few years it's kind of the granddaddy mac daddy what do you, if you think will. makes it the best game of all time on board game geek so i think what it has going for it is a couple things it kind of mixes a few different things that are super popular right now in board gaming you got the legacy style um which is pretty hot and mm-hmm. most legacy games minus a couple off the top of my head like seafall and stuff of been extremely popular and rank really high. Uh, it's a it's a dungeon crawler, which um, dungeon qual- crawlers have been around for decades, um, right? For a really long time, but they're kind of all the same. You have the same character; you're just going through a dungeon, and usually you have somebody DMing 
uh, being the dungeon mm-hmm. master. You, you know, think Hero Quest. I mean, Hero Quest is a the classic Holy Grail type game, um, but that did require a dungeon master. But it's the same kind of vein where you know you're the adventurers. You have no idea what's coming ahead. Um, there's doors. You, and the minute you open it, then the next room gets unveiled. That kind of gameplay for dungeon crawling, which is kind of classic in that kind of uh, vein of dungeon crawling. Uh, but I think what this does unique is that you don't need a dungeon master. It's uh, And it's fully cooperative. Okay. So you're not playing one versus many. Yeah. Which has been the traditional formula of those dungeon crawling games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has that going for it. Uh, also, there's no dice. So basically, oh, I'm yeah. trying to think most, if not all, the dungeon crawlers I've played up to this point, and I'm not saying I've played them all, have been dice chuckers, which is fine. It's fun. I, you know, it, you know, there's a time and place. Not necessarily my favorite because, you know, you could load up and have everything going for you and still, you know, peg out all your ones and do yeah. nothing but it doesn't have any dice there's really there's zero luck to this game zero luck it's all well, based on your decisions when you draw cards sure there's modifiers mm-hmm. um but even then oh um, but you have the base but yeah but even then the modifiers don't necessarily uh, there's a very small chance of negating it but as the game goes on this is the part of that legacy is you're continually upgrading your characters and part of the upgrading characters which again is unique i haven't seen this is you are updating your modifier deck. You're putting stickers on your card to add elements or poison mm-hmm. or upgrading your abilities. And the you're going to play this game a lot because um, part of the legacy in this campaign is I think there's like a 90 scenarios in, or 100 oh. scenarios in the base game. Now, okay. it's, it's a choose-your-own-adventure part two. So not only is it legacy with a campaign, but it's a choose your own adventure. You get to make your choices and your choices have an effect on the path of the storyline. And so that's a little unique too. Um, and then the last thing that's really cool is this whole idea that your, your main character, while you guys are all mercenaries, your character has a personal goal that's hidden to the rest of the party. And that hidden goal, if you achieve it, your character kind of um, retires, if you will, goes away, oh. and it unlocks a new character. So in okay. the base game, there's another six or eight characters that are sealed away. You have no idea what they are. Interesting. And so you unlock their box, and it's a brand new character, new cards, new artwork, new miniature, new everything it's a brand new character and they're all unique and that's the i think that's the last thing is it kind of goes against that fantasy stereotype of oh, i'm an elf i'm a mm-hmm. i'm a dwarf i'm a yeah. human or whatever it kind of goes against those fantasy tropes and the and the, even the classes i'm not a warrior or wizard or a cleric they're very unique hybrid they're they're good at doing a little uh you still have a like melee You'll still have mm-hmm. your range. You still have kind of magic users. Yeah. But even then, it's not all that um, for your character. So it's it's just a combination of all that unique. It's a big box. There's a lot of content for $100, $120. A um, lot of cool stuff. Tons of terrain. So it's all modular. Um, so as you're going through these scenarios, you pull out all these two-sided modular hexes that you put together and it formulates a brand new map. And there's tons of enemies in the game. Um, some of the cool things that they innovated is how you track your monster health, where there's those sleeves. So each monster has a card and mm-hmm. it has eight sides. So there's four sides on one side and other, flip it. And those are the like the level or difficulty. 
And uh, you put them in a sleeve, depending on which difficulty you want. And on the sleeve, it has numbers that correspond to the standees of the enemies. And so you track your health. I just put it, or their their statuses, their health or damage taken by putting it on the sleeve. Opposed to most dungeon crawlers, you have to just stack a bunch of like markers next to the standee oh, really? of the bad guy. And you get a lot of guys on the map. It gets a little yeah. uh, crowded, and then every, every round you're moving the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, all that put together, it's just it's just a lot of um, taking a lot of the best of of the of games that come before it, but also innovating a little bit with the legacy and just even nice stuff like the damage tracking, uh, the cards on how you how you play your cards because each card has a top and bottom. You pick two cards and then you resolve turn order and then on your turn, then you get to decide what you want to do. And so there's some flexibility there. It's pretty cool. It just all comes together in a really nice package and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I went on and talked about Gloomhaven for a really long time, but now you know why Gloomhaven is. <laughs> I was... Uh, that- something that i've always wondered yeah so gloomhaven jaws of the lion is a it basically plays 100 percent like gloomhaven but it's a it's a slim down streamlined game i think there's only 40 or 50 scenarios in this only yeah only <laughs> 40 or 50 scenarios in this we have a long way to go yeah, well i mean you're not gonna play all of them in one playthrough yeah. um there's i think only four characters that i know of i mean we'll see um, there's yeah. some sealed boxes. Um, it's so it, it's a little more it's a little more streamlined. It's not the full production um, per se. I mean, you still the first couple missions as we're playing are are all introductory, and this is the base game didn't do this either. It's, this this is really nice. You go through the scenario, and it it just introduces you to core concepts of the game. You play through; it's super easy. You get to the next one; it adds five or six new things, and you play it a little easier. And then mm-hmm. it just keeps going until by the fifth scenario, you're playing with the full rules just like Gloomhaven. Um, it's tricky because there's a lot of nitpicky rules and it's easy to forget all of them. But this is a great way to introduce it. I mean, you watched a How the Play and you basically knew how to play. Yeah. You didn't have to read anything. Right. I didn't even have to explain anything to you. It's yeah. uh, extremely well done. I mean, Rodney Smith does wow. it excellent job he explaining. is the go-to for learning how to play <laughs> yes he is he's very good um but um yeah he's actually releasing a five-part series to explain each extra scenario and the, all the extra rules with it anyway it's neither in this there. one yeah okay um, i think he did say that in the video um also with this slim down version i mean it's still a pretty big box i mean the other one's huge compared to this um, but this is cheaper. It's slimmed down. It really stair steps you. It's a good introductory for beginners. Mm-hmm. And um, what I really like is there's way better storage. I mean, the base game is just notorious. There's zero storage solutions for it. Um, basically, you have to buy a broken token or third party or make your own to really mm-hmm. do it. Otherwise, you're going to be taking years just to set up scenario, scenario. I mean, you're talking 15, 20 minute teardown setup yeah. between scenarios because you have to put all the, t- there's tons of tokens, mm-hmm. uh, tons of terrain. You're having to tear all those down, all the cards from the enemies and standees. If you don't have that all organized out, uh, ready to grab, you'll just be searching through hundreds and hundreds of cards to find the right one. Well, with this one, it comes with a nice storage solution that comes out of the box for all the tokens with a lid. It comes with baggies that you can store all enemies, their standees, their uh, cards, everything in one bag with each monster. And they even there's even a page that comes in. It tells you detail by detail how to organize and put it in, which is 
I love that. Fantastic. Um, and then the best thing is there's no uh, there's no cardboard uh, hexes or territory. Oh yeah, uh, it's a book. Mm-hmm. It's a, a spiral book, and so you just turn the pages and you just lay the book on the table. And the story is right there. And the story and all the information and objectives, it's all there. It's really really cool. And you just put your characters on the on the on the book face open, and it has all the hexes and everything. And the artwork's there. Um, it's super easy to play. A lot quicker. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. You can just flip to the next scenario in 30 seconds. It's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, if you've been wanting to play Gloomhaven but don't want to spend $100 $120, assuming you can even find it, um, this is the great way. If you want to play Gloomhaven and experience it without having to uh, really go all in on the base first game, this is the way to do it. Um, buy Gloomhaven Jaws of the Line. Unfortunate thing right now is Target has exclusivity on it, and it basically sold out everywhere and was really hard to find because I don't think they anticipated the popularity with it. And I think all everywhere else is getting a September le- release. So right now you can pre-order it on Miniature Market, Game Nerds, Card Hoss, wherever. Um, it's about fifty dollars, so it's about half the price of the base game, and you get a lot of game. I mean, you're gonna get, mm-hmm. you're probably gonna get thirty hours at least. Uh, playing through it it's kind of legacy style of have you put stickers on and mark stuff off uh, and the really cool thing is you can actually take those characters and cards and um, there's there's a whole page about how what's compatible and you can actually bring those same characters and people into gloomhaven oh really i didn't know that yep so we could bring them into gloomhaven if we really like those guys uh which is really cool cool so that was uh I mean, I'm not of playing Gloomhaven with you, so right well and that's a great thing too is that we had the gloomhaven campaign going on right um and uh, that's really hard to bring you in and like not screw over the people you're playing with and and lose progress or make progress and they don't know what's going on. This is a great way. Instead of buying a whole another copy of Gloomhaven or trying to reset the other one and losing progress, um, mm-hmm. we get to play Gloomhaven. It's a different storyline. So even if you play through the first Gloomhaven, you want more Gloomhaven, you can get this. It's a new storyline, uh, new mm-hmm. everything. Um, so yeah, highly recommend it if you've ever wanted to get in Gloomhaven or. You want more Gloomhaven, this is the way to go. Um, really rock solid and definitely improved upon uh, some of the problems with the first one, which is just the, the steep, all the rules you're throwing into it in the organization. So really good. I could really get into these dungeon crawlers. Yeah, I really like dungeon crawlers. And this it's is nice new for me, but <laughs> I do really like it. It's nice that you can play cooperatively. You don't have to have a um, person play the other one. Yeah. Which like Descent... Yes. Doom, a lot of the older dungeon crawler games, that's how it was. Imperial Assault's that way. Um, I mean, that has an app now, but uh, anyway, I can I can talk about Gloomhaven for like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, but, uh, oh, I already have, but. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. I think, obviously, we've only played the beginning one, but I think it will be a really good one for two players. If you only have two players, especially right now when we're stuck at home still, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a good option. Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. And it's not like super overcomplicated like the base Gloomhaven. It really eases you in that you can learn it. Right. I like games that do that, that begin kind of teaching you, but you're still playing the game. Y- yeah. A lot of games, <laughs> I've had a lot of fantasy flight games where there's the two rule books type of situation. There's the, here's the first time you play, 
but then doesn't do a good job easing you back into the full rules. You kind of have to uh, balance the two, the main rule book and the beginner rule book. I'm looking at you, Star Wars Rebellion. <laughs> um, that's tough. That This does not do that, which is uh, pretty fantastic. Um, and I'm always leery of ones that say, okay, stop. This is all you need to know to play the first one. And you're like, well, I don't think so, but it really right. does. And then the next uh, couple pages, just really good pictures, really good um, explanations. It's just And it goes really with the storyline. Yeah, it does. So it, it feels normal. It's not, it doesn't feel lacking. Right. And what, the first scenario takes 20 minutes. Yeah. Super easy to fill, kill a few guys. Congratulations. You just got used to moving and battling. Mm-hmm. So um, really good. Highly suggest it. Uh, hopefully you can find it. If not, um, you can pre-order it off the, off the websites and stuff. The internets. <laughs> the webs. The, the interwebs. Webs. So, all right. I'm done talking. <laughs> now 20 minutes. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. So uh, any other games, Emily, that you played? Uh, we did get Downforce on the table. Oh, that's right. We did. So that is a car racing game by Restoration Games. So it was an older game and they brought it back. Yeah, I think it was under a different name of a game. I don't remember really? the actual. Yeah, I forget what the original name of the game was, but uh, they actually renamed it to Downforce. Hmm. Well, it's betting and then your cars race. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. We played it again with my family. And we really get into those betting and racing games because we used to play long shot quite a bit with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was it was really fun. Yeah, it was um, re-implemented top four top race, which re which came out in 1996, which re-implemented Formula One. Oh, OK. Which was a 1985. I game. feel like I've heard of Formula One before. Yeah. And then that re-implemented Nicky Lada's Formel One, which I think German, from 1980, which <laughs> re-implemented a game called Tempo, oh. which is a game in 1974. <laughs> so the original, It's a game of many names. <laughs> <laughs> the original Tempo game is actually just this... Oh, it's interesting. Um, it's just these circle line dots like lined up and then it circles around and you have your little pieces that are moving up oh. and down the lines with cards that move that the cards just have the different colors of the different pawn pieces and it's the same thing where it could have one or multiple of them and then you have to go down it and you just move those pieces along so it wasn't originally a racing game race car game but you're still racing stuff hmm that's interesting yeah it's kind of it's just kind of cool to see how that yeah from 1980 all the way to 2017, I think is when. Okay. Down for it. We've talked about it on the podcast. We've mm-hmm. uh, reviewed it. Highly suggested. Great family game. Uh, expansion just came out this last this year. That added uh, new tracks. Uh, really um, family friendly. Great game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fun. I liked it. So I think that was your family's first time playing it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. It was only my second time playing it. Which is crazy. That's, that's I know. It's a lot of fun. Is it a two-player game or no? It's uh, two to six players. Okay. I wouldn't necessarily recommend two players, um, but you could definitely play it. It's just not as fun, but it's still pretty good. I really don't play a lot of games that aren't two-player games. <laughs> right. Um, Especially right now. Yeah, it's tough. It is. Well, that's. Uh, I guess that's what's been on our table. All right, so Emily, you had a topic or something that you oh, wanted well, to bring up. I just had a question. Um, 
I was thinking of doing this or that. So would you rather if you had, let's say, four hours of gameplay, like you could play a game for four hours. Would you rather play a four hour game or like four to six small games? Now that four hour play, is it one play? One play of the game is four hours long or you're going to play that game for four hours. You could play one the one game takes four hours, one playthrough. Yeah, I would take the four-hour gameplay because it's probably going to be a game that's going to be a little more heavy, a game I'm not going to be able to play very often. Mm-hmm. I can get small games to the table fairly often. Yeah. Obviously. So that's what I'd pick. Yeah. Now, I I, would you want to play a four-hour game? Because I don't think that's your cup no. of tea. No, I'd rather play lots of little ones. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily little ones. Like an hour game isn't necessarily a little game, but you played some hour and a half games, such as um, Clank Legacy. Yeah, Clank Legacy took us two hours sometimes. Uh, I've played two hour games, three hour games. We've had some. We've had some games that have lasted three hours. Yeah, there you go. So maybe you. What's another hour? That's true. A couple bathroom breaks and snack break is what that is. <laughs> I like to get lots of games in, though. Yeah, it just kind of depends on the mood, right? Because... It does. If you're going to get a lot of games in, is it going to be games that you haven't got to the table? Or are new to you? Or is it just some more of the same games that you've always played? Right. If it's more of the same games, I'm not going to give up the opportunity if it provides itself. Right. I also, I like to get a lot of games in, like... For my numbers, for my stats. <laughs> wow, she's uh, grubbing for st- for gameplays here, guys. <laughs> I also like to play games over and over and over. Like I like to play a game and then play it again right away, which you don't. Yeah, right? not necessarily. No, not really. Like if we try a new game, I'm always wanting to play it again right away. Yeah, why you is don't that? want to? I think because I I. Find, figure out things I could have done differently, and I want to do it. Try it again. Sure. Is it because you didn't get the game the first time, or your strategy didn't work and you'd want to try a new strategy? Try a new strategy. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably some instances where I didn't get the game the first time and wanted to play through it again. But the more I play games, obviously, the more I get them quicker. Yeah, that's there's definitely something to that. I think you're onto something because um, I don't think that's uncommon to play a new game and not get it. Yeah, most of the time. Um, now some of your snobbish uh, elitist board gamers are probably gonna thumb their nose at you a little bit uh, for that because um, that happens, unfortunately. Well, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying you should care, but I think people forget that that you when you're getting new into the hobby, that happens. Uh, yeah. That's not uncommon. The more you play these board games, and Emily, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, because um, you're probably newer into the hobby than um, I am. You start to see, you start to pick up on some trends when it comes to mechanics and right. how things play out. So here's a way better analogy. Playing trick-taking games have a steep learning curve. Um, not as common anymore playing trick-taking games, but the people who love trick-taking games really love their trick-taking yeah. games. But teaching a trick-taking game is tough to somebody who's never played trick-taking. But the more you play a trick-taking game, basically then every other trick-taking game is easy to learn and play. Right. You've played Pinochle. You've played Spades. Spades, Hearts. You get introduced to another 
um trick taking is just like, okay cool this is this is fairly easy unless you're playing something like crazy complicated like bridge or something like that but you get my point and that's i feel like that's the same way with board games you play you get used to draft card drafting or uh worker placement those type of games you played a few or mastered a bunch of worker placement games the next worker placement game is fairly intuitive Mm -hmm. Um, unless it's something off the wall or special but uh, you get my point that you don't have to spend necessarily time trying to explain how worker placement works where then when you're learning a game you just talk about all the places that activate with your workers Um, and so it just gets easier i think it over time it gets easier um but yeah i just right away usually i don't really want to play a game the same game twice i'd rather play a different game right i know it's kind of weird yeah the personality we are opposite in that way we are opposite. I was thinking that today, earlier, when we were playing Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. I always want to say Jaws of Life. <laughs> Gloomhaven, Jaws of Life. Jaws of Life. You know, that's like that cutter thing the firefighters use. Yep. Yeah. That's a Jaws of Life. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, yay, we get to play a dungeon crawler, which the old me from a year ago never would have even thought to know what exactly a dungeon crawler was (laughs) like that mechanic i've played before multiple times over the last year and now i know what it is Mm -hmm. i was just thinking how far i've come as a gamer (laughs) (laughs) i you know i I guess obviously i have a long ways to go but I, i can see how it could be intimidating getting into it um especially as a new gamer it'd be really hard to get into it and be around um, people not necessarily sometimes the easiest uh, hobby to get into depending on who you're right. f- playing friends with because there's been some people at work uh that was on my old team um shout out to michael i don't even think he listens but shout out to michael um he would play board games we talk about board games at work and his group that he plays games with what i would absolutely hate to play with it he's just talking i've heard some stories there's some very angry you know the stereotype angry oh. gamer in that group is just like that's not fun could you imagine right. getting invited to play with that group and just like somebody raging at the table that's not a great that makes me feel not great <laughs> right that's not a great setting to be playing no. the board games that's the new board game <laughs> that's not fun so i you know it is what it is um well, we all do get angry sometimes. Sure, but, but every story of right. his was somebody getting yeah, super that's not PO'd. Fun. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like fun. I think this kind of goes back to what Chris and I were talking about last week about the hobby and just um, introducing games to new people. You just it's, you have to find the right people. I think introduced to it. Usually, it's going to be um, friends, maybe in in circles like a church or. Uh, school or something where you have other common interests or you're good friends with that's going to be the people that you're going to want to right hang out with and introduce new games typically hopefully <laughs> yeah uh, you're anyway. like come into my web <laughs> <laughs> so sit down and stay <laughs> all i'll say is play gloomhaven jaws of life but- jaws of the lion <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Emily. you are welcome <laughs> but now no one can find it anywhere we didn't think we were going to be able to find it anywhere. No, Target's website showed zero stock. Yeah. I basically checked all the major cities all around Iowa, central, eastern, northern, west, and south of Iowa, and nowhere from all those within a 100-mile radius was showing in stock. So basically the whole state, right, ha- didn't have a copy. 
And um, I tricked Brickseeker uh, just off an off chance. I've used them before, and they have a target inventory tracker. And they showed there was uh, stock for a target that was eh, roughly about 30 minutes away. So just, <laughs> you were like, getting separated. I'm like, uh, can you mind if I go? Just... <laughs> so I go, and sure enough, there's one copy left. So got that. That was pretty sweet. Boom. Pretty, pretty happy about it. So good times. All right. Well, other than talking about Gloomhaven and stuff, is there anything um, uh, anything else, Emily? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, um, I guess that'll be a nice uh, condensed short episode. Uh, not usually the normal affair here, but um, yeah. Oh, one, uh, one point of news I want to talk about. So I'm going to be transitioning, not that this should affect anybody per se, but I'm going to be transitioning the podcast hosting over to a new hosting just well, not only to save money, but uh, instead of it coming through mono, they charge like $5 extra to make it stereo, which is just absolutely ridiculous. I know it's bigger file sizes, but um, this other podcasting hosting, well, it's cheaper and it comes through stereo. So part of the service for free is they allow streaming. You could do live streaming and uh, people can remote connect up. And this is also part of why I want to do this is sometimes doing this through remotely with Chris or Corey or anybody else. Uh, it's tough uh, to try to find uh, Google Hangouts or Skype and stuff just with audio quality, sometimes getting connected up, uh, doing special stuff with audio and video and stuff like that. It's hard. So this other one has free. They just added new free streaming online so you can invite people, but also has a cool thing where you can join in. I'll be getting this transitioned over. It'll take a little bit because I think I have to transition all of the past episodes and all that fun stuff. Keep your eye on our social media. I'll post it out, try to get our schedule out for when we're going to be live streaming so you can actually join in. You can chat. Uh, we can even take calls if we enable it so you can get on the air of the podcast and talk. So we'll we'll go from there. Um, we'll have to play around with it because I know it has a lot of features, but <laughs> we'll see. I'll have to figure it out. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. It's just... I don't know everything I can do with it. It, it just like, takes time. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of cool stuff we could do with it and, and utilize. So I'm going to be switching over to that here um, just to, again, save money and more features. So that's going to be available. I'm kind of excited about that, be able to have um, anybody that wants to join, live listen, and yeah. um, keep your eye out on that. When, when, when? I think that's about it. I think so. I think we're going to be able to play some more games this week. Get more in. I think so because you are so our nanny started. Mm -hmm. Emily's working now more during the day, so she's off in yes. the afternoons. For the I'm back to the life of the the land of the living. Yeah. So for like the last two three weeks, you've been working um, almost some weeks. Try five weeks. Like every <laughs> night, weeks. basically every evening, afternoon, night, she was working. So we really didn't get any games in because. Well, you're working, and then when yeah. you got home, and you, like six days a week, you, you were getting home eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Had to still eat supper. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. So we didn't get a whole lot of games in that way. But now they're kind of back to a normal schedule. Yep, which is great. And then we have holiday Fourth of July coming out this 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 week. So um, yeah. happy Fourth of July to everybody. So hope everybody still stays safe, but has fun, has uh, some good time with their loved ones and their family, yeah. their friends. Uh, enjoy your time. Play some games. Play some games. Yep. So Lots of games. We'll we'll go ahead and end it there. Thank you, Emily, for joining. You're welcome. In your it's busy good to be here. schedule fitting. Yeah. Fitting the sun. Penciled you in. <laughs> Just was unsure even a week ago. <laughs> it's touch and go. Yes. As usual, if you want to reach us on the social media, you listen to the outro. It's 
the information's there. Face in the gram. We do thank you for listening, and uh, we do really appreciate it. Um, If you like this, feel free to share it to your friends. Something I really have asked with for. We would like that. (laughs) We would like that. Please share us. So if you like (laughs) it, share it out. Share it on social media. uh, Tag people. Do whatever you can. Thank you again for listening. We do appreciate it. But until next time, until episode 61, I'm your host, Brian. And I'm Emily. And keep on gaming. Join the conversation and feel free to give us your feedback. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at GamesWePlayPod. And at GamesWePlayPod at gmail.com. I think I was telling Emily today, I just need to get a list start knocking these things off yeah we need a schedule we were talking about getting that whiteboard a list and a schedule yes <laughs> please <laughs> one of my goals in life is to have a whiteboard i want one so bad <laughs> oh boy just steal one just going to work where nobody's at and just like roll the big whiteboard don't hey. be suspicious <laughs> yeah. don't be suspicious if i'm gonna be kind of homeschooling <laughs> this fall i'm gonna need a whiteboard <laughs> oh man who knows what's gonna happen with that? i know